Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock. The data seem to support the argument of the bell curve, but does it really? Uh, John Stossel uh, did an interview, uh, and it ostensibly is about free speech. Uh, but uh, some of the observations in the bell curve uh, leave me with uh, questions. The book has been out for years, uh, and I remember talking about it when I was in New York the first time. So uh, we'll kick that around uh, in the next segment. We'll play you some John Stossel. Uh, in the meantime, apparently an election violation complaint has been filed against the mayor and the city council in the city of Columbia. And uh, the person filing the complaint is uh, Anthony Wilroth, and Anthony is with us now. Anthony, good morning, and welcome to the program. Uh, good morning. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. So tell me what you observed and and uh, what the mal major malfunction is. So essentially the question at hand here is Missouri Statute 115.646 which forbids any direct expenditure of public funds to advocate, support, or oppose any election or ballot measure. And what happened at this past city council meeting is that they were doing a procedural vote to call for an election for the recall of Nick Knopf's because that's the first ward council person in Columbia. Right. And enough signatures had been collected, submitted, and uh, confirmed that the city council was obligated to call for this election. And then while they were doing so, they, most of them, uh, five of five of them to be exact, uh, said things that I would consider to be uh, opining in a way to attempt to influence the outcome of that election. And since city council meetings necessarily use public funds to put on, you've got council members stipends, uh, the, the heat electricity for the building, uh, all the vendors we pay to broadcast those council meetings, that was a use of public funds to try to affect the outcome of an election or ballot measure. So I've reported it. So you're saying they were campaigning, uh, and, and was there somebody they were campaigning, someone in particular they were, they were pushing? Uh, so they were pushing for citizens to not recall First Ward Council person Nick Canoe. I see. Recall election on April second, and they appeared uh, to me and to others to be using their 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 pulpit up there, their publicly paid for soapbox that is the dais to uh, influence that election. So, who did you file the complaints with? I filed it with the Secretary of State. Uh, that's what the statute calls for. Uh, he needs to forward it to the Missouri Ethics Commission. I think they more or less just have like a check and balance role in it. But it's the Secretary of State's office that takes a look at this. And has uh, Secretary Ashcroft responded or his office responded yet? Uh, no response yet. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that I, I will get a response. But he has 15 days to, I believe, to act on those complaints one way or the other, if, if, I'm, if I understand it correctly. Interesting. Uh, what would satisfy you? What what uh, should happen, in your opinion? So I think that there's broad implications here because this has already, in a lot of ways, already been adjudicated. It already uh, appears to me to be settled law uh, because this is actually this exact statute has been before the Missouri Supreme Court just a couple years ago when the uh, uh, city of Maryland Heights challenged it on very similar grounds to uh, what the city appears to be using as a defense uh, right now, and it was seems to me that the Supreme Court has already said that 
know, you, you guys can't be using public funds to influence an election. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd just love to see this complaint uh, move forward and get assigned to a special prosecutor and, you know, fully, fully investigated uh, because it's used with taxpayer dollars to influence an election. And regardless of what anyone feels about the election being influenced, I, I think that most reasonable people can agree that your taxpaying money shouldn't be going to that. Uh, you know, they, they, they don't sit up there. You never see a council member uh, say, I want you to vote for so-and-so for school board. I want you to vote for so-and-so uh, in the second ward. Uh, they may make endorsements in their personal time, but you never see them make an endorsement from the dais. Uh, it's a similar concept to like how the president never campaigns from the White House, can't use White House facilities and resources. It's the exact same spirit, this, this statute, and to me, it's clearly been violated. So do you know what the punishment for this is? Um, so the punishment is not specified in uh, the statute. That's one of the grounds that it was challenged on by Maryland Heights, but again, Supreme Court said that's not a problem. But the statute says that it's a class four election offense, which is a misdemeanor punishable by up to $2,500 fine and up to a year of prison. So everybody that participated could have to cough up 2500 bucks and probably won't get any jail time. But it's it, it, yeah, the, I doubt the potential that, is there. I think a fine is, is very likely. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I, uh, I know the Secretary of State. He comes on the program every week. I'll be curious to see what he thinks of this and if he's, uh, his office is uh, following through. Uh, and I, if he if he mentioned, you know, if I get that information, uh, chatting with him, uh, I will pass that on. But uh, oh, let me let me commend you on a, uh, you're uh, paying attention to what's going on uh, in the city. B that you have the testicular fortitude when you recognize something is wrong to challenge it. Uh, I I just uh, I admire people like you, and I uh, wish you the best of luck. I. I will follow through with this and, and see how it unfolds. And I hopefully uh, you'll keep us apprised as well. Uh, I will, Gary, and I appreciate that. And I just throw out there as the last thing that I work with lots of people that absolutely have the uh, ovarian fortitude to, to do these types of things, too. <laughs> the ovarian fortitude. There you go. That works for me. All right, Anthony, uh, stay in touch. Thank you for calling in. Yep, thank you, Gary. All right, take care. Anthony uh, Will Roth. That really does, I mean, that takes some courage. Uh, a lot of people would probably just let it go. Uh, wouldn't follow through. And he had the guts to, to follow through. He, he, he knew what the rules were, what the law is, and he followed through. Uh, tip of the hat. Uh, more of us uh, should be doing those kinds of things. Wow, that is... Uh, let's see, uh, uh, Betsy Peters, we, uh, we see what folks say in April, although I hope they re retain you for another couple of years at least. I see what they're saying uh, uh, on the city council meeting. R really observant on his part, if you ask me. That is neat. All right. We, uh, we've got some John Stossel, and a, a discussion uh, will ensue on the bell curve. Uh, which implies that blacks are not as bright as whites and we're not as bright as uh, people from the Far East. Well, the data may support it, but does it really? Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is 18 minutes after 11 o'clock. He wrote a book called The Bell Curve. His name is Charles Murray. 
The book came out in the 90s. And in it, he, and, and, and it looks like the data supports his argument that, you know, blacks don't have the average IQ that whites do, and whites don't have the average IQ that people from the Far East do. Uh, and it looks like, well, gee, uh, the numbers are there. Uh, if this is really about free speech, but that's part of the discussion uh, for me because I, I think there's a mistake here uh, that uh, isn't being acknowledged. But the free speech part, I agree with. So here's John Stossel with Charles Mur uh, Murray on the bell curve. Charles Murray has been canceled. He doesn't get invited to colleges anymore. These students turn their backs and call Murray. Murray's racist and sexist, they say, because he wrote this book, The Bell Curve. It has been some time since it's been a more controversial book. Controversial largely because some people lie about what the book says. That essentially says that African Americans are subhuman. And, if you and push genetically that, less intelligent. Le le genetically less intelligent uh, uh, and less moral. But the bell curve doesn't say that. Although the angry students assume it does. They're that angry at you because you're perpetuating racism. These kids had never read a word of anything I'd ever written. More likely, they read slander about Murray from leftist smear sites like the Southern Poverty Law Center. They say, you say, white men are intellectually, psychologically, and morally superior. I never said that. I never said anything remotely like that. But the media kept saying he did. It's so outrageous, we had to clear the studio. You appear to be saying to black people, you're inferior, have a nice day. So I asked Murray, do you believe that blacks are intellectually inferior? If you give mental tests to a representative sample of whites and a representative sample of blacks, that there will be about a one standard deviation difference. To then translate that into people being inferior and superior is idiotic. His book is filled with graphs. These are the bell curves, the distribution of IQ. Blacks on average have a lower IQ than whites. However, whites are not at the top. East Asians on average have a higher IQ than whites. Ashkenazi Jews have higher, higher IQs. Many researchers say Murray's correct. IQs do differ by race. But lots of people want no discussion about racial differences, even obvious ones. I don't think there's been a white winner of the 100-yard dash in the Olympics for a zillion years. 40 years, actually, since a white man won. Murray says it's probably because some black people have more fast-twitch muscle fibers. The mob says it's racist to say such things. bad that Murray was canceled because he's good at revealing unpopular truths. After studying America's social programs, he wrote this important and influential book, Losing Ground. Those who evaluated social programs on contract to the government, and that was my job, we knew there were no success stories. The scholarly work of Charles Murray. Murray's book influenced presidents from both parties. No one wants to change the welfare system as badly as those who are trapped in it. Bill Clinton said, Charles and I have disagreed about many things. 
as if we'd had these bull sessions at a college dorm. But uh, I th- think he's done the country a service. Then Murray wrote In Pursuit of Happiness and Good Government, a book that changed my thinking. Murray describes how when he was young, he worked as a Peace Corps volunteer in Thailand. He watched as Thai government experts created what they said would be a model community. Officials gave the village a fish pond, a rice cooperative, a health clinic. But the government aid diminished community activities. They weren't as happy as they used to be. I saw what government looks like from Bangkok and how it looks to the villager, and it's the same as in the United States. Where billions more is being spent on government welfare programs, and more Americans become dependent on government. Aren't you upset? I'm deeply depressed. It's worse than that. I don't see a way back out. We have watched on our own lifetime our hopes and dreams turn to smoldering ruins. Uh, and so why do you smile? <laughs> because what else am I going to do? The good news is that old people are habitually too pessimistic. So there's hope. Murray and I talked for more than an hour. All right. So interesting idea. The, um, the, the, here, let me just uh, point out part of this. This is the uh, the IQ thing. I don't know that I buy into it's genetic. I think mostly it's environmental. I think if your parents' ethic is, uh, you know, to, to push you to work hard, to to uh, get a better education, to succeed, um, I think that that changes the number. I think if if they, you know, uh, slack off, then I think that gets reflected in uh, in your IQ. I could be wrong. I I could very well be wrong, but I just, you know, I know too many uh, blacks who are incredibly intelligent. Uh, You would have to argue that that they're a genetic freak. And clearly they're not. I mean, Kevin Jackson is uh, one friend of mine that's black, and he comes on the program on a regular basis. You know how smart he is. But I have other friends, too, that are, you know, equally intelligent and black. I don't think it's a genetic link. And I don't think what he's saying is racist either. And I actually don't think what he's saying is wrong. All I'm saying is I think it's environmental. The environment that you um, that you uh, are raised in can, I think, affect your IQ. I think you, you'll test better uh, if your parents are giving you a great education and uh, you're being pushed to succeed and, and not to slack off. I think that makes a big difference. That said, the, uh, the, the real important part of this conversation beyond that is that you can't, you, you get silenced by the left. You never, uh, I don't care, you know, I've heard uh, speeches from Democrats uh, that made my blood curl. I'm curdle. I mean, that just. I wish they would just shut up. I wish they would stop telling lies. I wish they would quit perverting the truth. But I, I don't want to stop them from talking. I want somebody else to respond. I want free speech. 
And that's what the left are, are restricting. You know what I always tell you is that the left take away choice. This is the only way they can survive is if they take away choice. Disagree with them at the Supreme Court level? We'll take away your judges. We'll, we'll assassinate them. Come to the college campus and make a conservative argument? We're not going to let you speak. We don't think you should be using light bulbs. We're taking them away. We don't think you should use an internal combustion engine-driven car. We're going to take those away. That's all they do is take things away. They, they eliminate choice because they can't make their arguments. And, you know, whether you agree with uh, Charles Murphy or Murray or not, the fact is he deserved to be heard. And these kids wouldn't do it. And how many times have we seen that on campuses across the country you know, just in the last couple of years. We need some muscle over here. Yeah. Oh, man, what a nightmare that is. <laughs> she's still, she's not teaching here, but no, where is no. she teaching? I she's still she, teaching. I think she went up to Seattle or something, somewhere. Like, wouldn't you think if you were in, in the uh, position of, of hiring, you'd go, oh, n not this woman. Uh, <laughs> she, clearly, so. she's demonstrated that she's not capable of uh, you know, being neutral, but no, she they they found a job. It should scare you that they found a job. Speaking of uh, education, you notice how smoothly I segued there, no, Brian. Sorry, from you did that, yeah. Her job, yeah. Uh, Arizona has. No, I, th I think only Florida has a a freer education system. Uh, I always argue, get the government out of education. They should have nothing to do with it. The government shouldn't be able to tax you to educate kids. They shouldn't be building schools, hiring teachers. Uh, they shouldn't be setting uh, uh, educational uh, levels. Uh, they shouldn't be uh, giving testing requirements. They sh it, sh it should be completely, completely up to the parents and privatized. And I know the argument that I always hear from uh, people who, who haven't really thought it through, and that's, well, there are a lot of kids who wouldn't get an education. Yeah, that wouldn't cost us anything. Uh, but this is costing us uh, billions of dollars, and they're not getting an education. But in Arizona, they've had a, a, a really a couple of uh, neat ideas, uh, not the least of which is a fund that's set up. You can donate to it and then take a, a, a break off your uh, your state income taxes, things like that. They've, they've really, really been good. But now they have a Democrat in the governor's mansion. And apparently, the governor is not really fond of choice. And literally wants to throw out all kinds of red tape to stop parents from educating their children as they see fit. Really, I mean, they shouldn't even be giving you uh, government standards. In this upcoming session, uh, we must address the lack of accountability and, and transparency in Arizona's uh, ESA program. Uh, that's their funding for kids who don't want to go to government schools. And she's putting up all kinds of roadblocks. She wants to require background checks of anybody teaching uh, ESA students, uh, fixed tuition prices, uh, impose instruction requirements. It's actually saving Arizona money. I'll tell you how next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network.
The Gary Nolan Show. It's 11.35, and uh, we're talking about Arizona and their uh, their education system, which allows uh, parents to put their kids either homeschooling or in other private schools. It, it really offers some great opportunities. And taxpayers can actually uh, defer their tax. Or they can not defer it, but it literally uh, eliminate it by making donations uh, to these funds and then saying, you know, we, we gave $100 there, we'd get $100 off our state taxes. Well, the governor doesn't like that and wants to throw up all kinds of roadblocks. I'm sure this is uh, to the benefit of, uh, of, uh, of the unions. But here's what's interesting. It actually saves the state money. It actually saves the state money because they don't get as much per student as the state pays public schools per student. So they're not only getting choice and, and uh, being able to uh, educate their children as they see fit, they're saving the state of Arizona money. Democrats don't like this. They want to change it. They don't want you to have, once again, it's a case of a Democrat saying, we're taking away choice. We don't want you to have that choice. We want you to do what we want you to do because we know better. And curiously, just now I found a story, actually Brian found a story, about Chuck Schumer. And there is a product called Zin. I've never heard of it. Z-Y-N. It's a tobacco-free nicotine pouch that users can put in their mouth. On Monday, he called it a threat to America's youth. I'm delivering a warning to parents because these nicotine pouches seem to lock their sights on young kids, teenagers, and even lower, and then use the social media to hook them. He called on the Federal Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration to investigate the marketing of the product. Now, I don't know where in the Constitution he gets the authority. I know. It's in the uh, Good and Welfare Clause. Good and Welfare Clause. Yeah. That's, where, uh-huh. that's where everything hides. I you know notice? it is, yeah. If it's nowhere else in the Constitution, <laughs> we can lo- we rely on it being there. But what he wants is to, is to ban this. Uh, and, and again, it's another Democrat taking away choice. It's just what they do. Well, they have to. Because you're You're too stupid. stupid. But wait, there's more because we have a Republican here in the state of Missouri that wants to ban vaping. (laughs) You can't make it up. I mean, how is that different than the Democrats? I thought Republicans stood for freedom. Uh, Don't think, ask questions, uh, (laughs) because clearly you got that wrong. They This... Uh, and we tried to get this guy on the show. Brian yeah, called, called, left back. a message, never called back. Uh, he wants to ban the sale of vaping products, period? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, this bill is kind of convoluted, but if you read it, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Vaping is a great alternative to smoking. Here's, here's what we've seen since uh, the product has uh, uh, been introduced over the course of the last, what, decade or so? Fewer and fewer kids are smoking. This is great. Some kids do vape. 
But most of the kids, according to the the data that I've read, were kids that were smoking and switched to vaping. Now, I would like to tell you that vaping is 100% safe. And I personally believe that it is. But I can't tell you that because if there's some exception, <laughs> you know, somebody will come back and try and sue us. But if you're, you know, if you're a smoker, this is a great way to quit. Uh, it mimics smoking in every way except for the carcinogens. There's no carbon monoxide in there. There's no nothing. It's just nicotine, and nicotine is not a carcinogen. You can find nicotine in vegetables. Vegetables that, you know, uh, the government will tell you you should eat. They're in green peppers and more. I'm just kind of curious, has uh, Chuck Schumer also launched some kind of a tirade against the nicotine patch that delivers nicotine? Or, or the gum? Or the gum, yeah. No. No? No. I wonder why. Uh, because Johnson & Johnson uh, makes a fortune off of that stuff. Oh, I see. I got gotcha. you. That's what the whole secondhand smoke argument was about, really. It wasn't about causing cancer. Secondhand smoke doesn't cause cancer or heart disease. It just, just doesn't. We know this uh, because the most of the studies that look at it in depth tell us this. When you're smoking, you're getting 100% of those drugs, uh, those chemicals. But if you're not smoking, uh, they're diluted. And, you know, they, they've, uh, they've, they've banned smoking in public places all around the country. But the heart attack rates haven't dropped. The non-smoker, uh, non-smoking lung cancer rates haven't dropped. Hasn't changed anything because it was it was never about that. Robert Woods Johnson Foundation, which is funded uh, through uh, Johnson and Johnson, was selling the patch. It was an alternative, and the nicotine gum, and it was an alternative nicotine delivery system. And what they recognized is if they could get banning smoking in public places, the sales of their products would sail through the roof. In fact, it would be more, uh, they would get more bang for their buck than they spent on fighting uh, smoking in restaurants and bars. This is just a profit thing for them. Eventually, somebody came up with vaping, uh, a, 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 I would argue, harmless uh, alternative to smoking and a much more satisfying nicotine delivery system. And Robert Woods Johnson was upset again because they'd spent all this money banning smoking in bars and restaurants that, you know, the sheep went in and, and took the private property rights away from those people. And they were being upstaged by vaping. It, this is what it's always been about. Big Pharma trying to, you know, take over the nicotine delivery system. <sighs> Instead, what we did was take away private property rights. Just what we do. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. By the way, I'm going to pursue that legislator... Uh, here in uh, the state of Missouri that wants to eliminate uh, the sale of vaping. And I am going to uh, 
invite him to come on the program. We'll see if he if he can do it. And uh, I'll be curious to see if he can defend himself. It's not because it's not the government's job. It just isn't their job to protect you from your own behavior. It's up to you. If you're young enough, it's up to your parents. It's not up to the government. And they, they seem to think somehow that they are your parent because they think you're too stupid to make the right choices. It is, it is truly, truly frustrating. Uh, and Brian, of course, uh, famously uh, quit smoking. But I remember when we were working together years ago that at, at, the, at every news break, we'd rush out into the balcony, <laughs> right? And, and yes. light up a cigarette and take as many hits as we could. And then rush back into the building so we could be on the air. No more. No more. Stopped because of vaping. I'd like to think I'm, you know, just a little responsible for that. I know, right? I, I think I got you started on it. You switched uh, 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 <laughs> suppliers, but now you go get them from someplace else. That's I, Como Vapor, yeah. That's what. But no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I give you permission to promote Como Vape. Oh, I oops. Did. We got to take a break while I readdress Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio Network. <laughs> it's it's eleven forty nine. So I'm on Facebook this this morning, and uh, somebody that used to work with us here at Zimmer uh, has a a question for women. And I'm stunned. I went through this, and there are some women that I know uh, who responded to this, and uh, I. I'll throw this out there, and and hopefully only the ladies answer. (laughs) But uh, she says, uh, this seems the perfect time for an experiment. Help me settle a dispute. I say most women would probably actually prefer Jason to Travis Kelsey. Uh, Ladies, if you were single and had the chance at either of these two smoke shows as your love, which is it for you? So, uh, ladies, I mean, I was stunned. I, I saw people that you would know, uh, names that you would know that responded here, uh, including our own Jennifer Bukowski. Uh, I mean, they're, they're really uh, picking sides here. Uh, who else did I see? Nikki, uh, Nikki Garman. She posted on here. Um. A lot of people that you would know, a lot of women uh, talking about this. Uh, I won't give any names here, but you probably can look it up on Facebook uh, and find it. But uh, Carolyn says, uh, Travis. Uh, Erica says, uh, Jason. What, 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 what is this? Um, so one woman said, I love uh Kyle uh, Kelsey, uh, she doesn't put it up with any crap. Okay. Uh, Jason, Travis, Jason, Travis. I mean, they're fighting over who is the sexier brother. <laughs> they're both taken, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, ladies, if you want to chime in, I'd be curious to see uh, what uh, what you thought here. Uh, there's another Erica says Jason. Stephanie uh, says at my age I should probably be checking out their dad. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, who'd have thought they would be uh, sex symbols? I mean, I understand uh, why women go crazy over me, but 
<laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> you put that visual in my mind again. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, I'm dashingly handsome, charming, <laughs> chiseled good looks. And so I understand why women would go wild over me. But these guys, I mean, geez, I don't know. But apparently they, uh... oh, my, O'Brien, oh, I, I got to tell you, I'm getting responses here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um uh, let's see. Oh, here's one uh, that has nothing to do with this. Goes back to vaping. Gary, when you say that vaping is harmless alternative to smoking, and you state that it's 100% safe, please refer to Cleveland Clinic. Uh, if you want to vape, go for it. But starting stating that it's harmless and safe. Oh, come on. I, you know, if you find these people who um, will buy vape products that aren't from a retail store. They're looking for a high. They're trying to get marijuana. Uh, and it causes a problem. Uh, or you can find somebody who's allergic. You know, you can find somebody who's allergic to aspirin. There are people who are allergic to all kinds of things and have a, a bad response. But vaping is, I would argue, I feel harmless. I feel that it is the safest alternative and the most effective alternative to smoking. And don't, don't forget, a, there was an independent review done in the U.K. that found that e-cigs, vaping, is 95% less harmful than tobacco estimates. That's a landmark review. And these people, they don't want to... Yeah, I, no, they don't care about that. Yeah, they, they just uh, want to keep ripping it apart like it's somehow uh, some evil. Look, it is... Uh, in fact, in Great Britain, if I'm not mistaken, their health department, whatever they call their national health system, encourages people who smoke to vape. They should. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The, the, uh, the chemicals are relatively harmless. I'm not saying that everybody, uh, 100% of all, you know, everybody is uh, are, are going to be uh, fine with this, uh, that it won't cause any problems. But there are people who get sick when they eat peanuts. Uh, they're, they're going to anaphylactic shock. There are all kinds of, uh, uh, of everyday products that we use that are as safe as vaping. If you're a smoker and you have a choice, vaping's the way to go. And, 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 and I know this. Uh, I, I, I was the... I was the anti-secondhand smoke guy. I did all kinds of homework on these topics. And I'm telling you, vaping is a much safer alternative. Uh, it, it, uh, it satisfies uh, literally everything that, uh, you know, smokers get a, a certain satisfaction from the inhale, from the hit, as we call it, that you don't get from Nicorette and you don't get from... Uh, uh, the, the patch, gum. yeah, you don't get those things. So it's a much better alternative. And before somebody sends me that stupid popcorn lung disease thing, <laughs> it happens every time. Oh, there's the same chemical that causes popcorn lung disease. Uh, tobacco causes that. Well, it's in tobacco, but nobody's ever gotten popcorn lung disease from smoking. 
there's even less of it in vape than there is in tobacco. So if it's never happened with tobacco, it ain't going to happen with vape. I'm just saying. <sighs> Some mother's kids. All right, listen. Um, tomorrow is Think Tank Thursday. Uh, and there are several uh, cases that Dave Rowland, uh, I think, is, is really going to jump on. Uh, and we'll we'll chat with him. I think um, Dave may be out tomorrow. I think I got a message. Oh, did he? Is he out? Yeah, I believe so. Jim Babka is out, too. Uh-oh. Now we're in trouble. Well, we'll have Kevin Jackson. That's good. And the Show Me Institute. Um, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll find out <laughs> about it. How is it that Scotty uh, calls uh, at the most inopportune time? And you know what he's going to do. He's going to no, promote. What, what's he going to do? He's going to promote one particular provider. Oh, no, he would never do that. Not on this show. Please. Scotty, uh, be careful now. I'm monitoring everything you say. Well, first thing. <coughs> <laughs> and, that was from the previous me, topic. Yeah, and you owe me $14. I just got my sandwich, and I lost <laughs> my appetite after that. And now it's going to get cold. Oh, you're just jealous. Oh, yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Uh, if it was me, I'd have to go for Jason over Travis. <laughs> Travis, is, Travis is really uh, pretty much ruined the NFL as far as I'm concerned. I'm happy for him. I wish him all the best. But I've had enough of Trailer Swift and Travis Swift over this. It's just so let me down. see if I get this straight on on, uh, on on statewide radio. You just admitted that if you could have he's attracted to Jason. One of these that two guys, yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> well, it, well, that's what, okay. What the hell have you been vaping? <laughs> it wasn't nothing I got from Como Vapor because <laughs> the stuff that them guys sell is awesome. Man, they help you out. They'll teach you how to use your machine. They got two locations, so it doesn't matter which side of Como you're on. It's just I, an awesome experience. I'm going to start charging them for your calls. <laughs> well, I get the Gary. They offered me the Gary discount, but it was actually 12% higher than what it cost for the normal person you to see? walk in. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what you can do. And I'll tell you where you can put your vape product. <laughs> but you won't be able to inhale it. Scotty, I got to run, buddy. Take care. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Grand baby. Honey, I'm coming home.